Dr. Fung said that this is not your fault. Like all of those years of me, you know, slumping into a doctor's office because I know that they're going to, you know, chastise me about my weight, about my obesity. They're going to tell me to eat less, move more. And I always hated going to the doctor for that. And then here I have a doctor telling me, this is not your fault. You know, you've been given the wrong information all these years. Welcome to You Cured What? The podcast of reversing the irreversible. This is where you hear how real people are healing from conditions that most people think they're stuck with for life. I'm your host, Joe Kalb. If I had to give you some medical advice, I'd go to medical school and get a medical degree. Seriously, nothing in this podcast is medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute as such. Now, enjoy the You Cured What? conversation. Before we start in with this podcast of healing, I want to plug another project, a website of healing, disease-reversals.com. I've been working hard to develop and roll out this website. Disease-reversals.com is an online, grassroots catalog of healing. It catalogs disease reversal stories posted online across the web, across the world, and it categorizes them by disease and by diet used. There are already hundreds of disease reversals cataloged at disease-reversals.com. This website is for anyone asking, can my condition, say type 2 diabetes, be improved with diet? Check out disease-reversals.com and see what has been happening in the real world. Oh, heal yeah! DiseaseReversals.com. My guest today has reversed numerous health conditions, including, but not limited to, extreme fatigue, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, obstructive sleep apnea, headaches, acne, and more. Along the way, she has lost over 100 pounds, but most importantly, she is now full of energy and doing her best to live a joyful keto life. Welcome to the You Cured What podcast, Christine Trimp. How are you doing today, Christine? Hey, Joe. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm very excited to be here with you this evening. I'm very excited to have you on. Um, you know, the intro um, that I just read off listed a bunch of things. You've got quite a, quite a background. Uh, would you care to just go into a little bit of your health background? Well, sure. I will start back with my health history, I suppose. I am now 53 years old, and I've been on this joyful keto journey for the last, a little over three years now. And before that, I suffered many chronic health issues for three decades. And I was, uh, let's Go back to childhood a little bit. I was a small child, and then I went through a, quite a few chubby years, like during puberty and my teen years. I did lose a little bit of weight before I went to college, but then as soon as I went away to college, that's when my trouble, real trouble, started happening with my health. And I'm sure you've heard of the typical freshman 15. I believe I came home from college my freshman year with the freshman 40. So that was a major disappointment and distressing uh, moment of my life. And the three decades since that time period, I spent trying everything under the sun to try to get my weight under control. I tried Weight Watchers. I tried um, medical weight loss centers. I tried exercising like crazy. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Susan Powder gym memberships. You might be too young for that. <laughs> no, I've never heard I, of that. I, yeah, I was like dressed in, you know, 90s um, aerobic gear and, you know, try, going to exercise every day and busting my butt at exercise. And, you know, I would find a little bit of success in weight loss, but I would never find anything that was permanent. If I, for example, had Weight Watchers, 
they um, allow you to have a lot of carbohydrates. So Weight Watchers was always a very slow journey for me. And as soon as I would start, you know, introducing more carbs back into my diet, the weight would just start coming back on. So, so I struggled for quite a few years. Yes. And as the health issues started mounting and I started reaching my 50s, there's always something about reaching a new decade of age, right? <laughs> when you're like, oh, I'm going to be 50. I, sh- I should probably do something about this. I was not mentally in a very good place. I was very depressed and sad about my health situations and my life. So I did um, finally get to the point where I was able to start taking back control. And that's where we find ourselves today and in going into this journey that I've been on. That's terrific. And you said it's been um, a little over three years that you've been on this journey? Yes. I actually discovered Dr. Fung's work with the Obesity Code, and that was January 13th, 2017. I'll, I'll never forget the date, so I can always you know, reflect back on it. But before I discovered Dr. Fung, I did start trying to take back my health. And I had a major turning point in the fall of 2015. My husband and I were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary. And I like to call this my first mountain story. And hopefully we'll have time to share my second one at the end. But the first mountain story, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park and I was over 100 pounds overweight. And my husband wanted to go up this one mountain trail at Bear Lake And I started going up the trail with him, and I couldn't make it. I just absolutely could not go any further. And so I had to sit on the side of the trail on a stump. And he went ahead and went ahead of me. I said, go ahead, go. You know, he was hesitant, but I made him go because he was really looking forward to finding that lake up there. And I just felt so humiliated and defeated and hopeless at that time. And so that was my major turning point. I came home, and I decided that I'm going to start working on my health. And the first thing I did was I, that Monday morning when we got home, I called a sleep doctor and scheduled my first sleep study because I was chronically exhausted. And I had already started reading a little bit about hormones and how important sleep was to hormone function. And so that was my very first step. Got the sleep study done, was, yes, was diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea but I have to tell you that was my first step in getting healthy because getting better sleep made me a better person during the day. It gave me more energy, not incredible energy, but at least I was having solid hours of sleep so that I could focus on the day and then begin to start tackling the rest of my health issues step-by-step. So that was my turning point. Okay. So that was your first mountain story. And yes, we'll make sure we... uh, (laughs) tie it back around and get to the second mountain story uh, Mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. Um, So how, you know, that was the turning point. What else was uh, going on, you know, at this point? Were you you having noticeable, like, aches and pains around that time? Or, and um, I guess, how were your energy levels? Um, What else was was going yeah. on around this time. Yeah, coincidentally, right around that time, I got my my CPAP machine in November of 2015. And right around the same time, I started having painful ovarian cysts too. So I'd always had those my entire life, but they were getting really bad. And so my doctor sent me for an ultrasound and the ultrasound confirmed I had the cyst, but it also discovered that I had a fatty liver which I totally wasn't expecting. <laughs> oh, that's not a, yeah. not a good combination. No, no. So I, plus I didn't really know a lot about non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And when I was told my liver had, was full of fat, I um, immediately had to start doing some research on that because that didn't sound good to me because I didn't know a lot about it. And my doctor, she was a gynecologist, so she kind of shrugged it off. And she was more concerned about the cyst. And 
I had to do my own research and I, I don't blame her for that because, you know, she was focused on the cyst and I think she fully expected my liver to be fat, full of fat because I was over a hundred pounds overweight. And it's very common for people to have a fatty liver if they're, you know, struggling with obesity as well too. So those were two things that happened in the, that fall. I got the, uh, the CPAP machine. I got the diagnosis of fatty liver. I began researching. And so that led me to taking more um, time to research about hormones. And I learned that sugar is a major hormone disruptor. And also the sugar was causing the fat to pile up in my liver. So I took the first step with my food choices by starting to quit sugar in March of 2016. It took me a couple months to figure out what I was going to do because I was probably in denial. Like, what am I going to do? I have to give up my coffee cream in the morning, my flavored coffee cream. But that is the first, very first thing I did with my food choices is I gave up my coffee. I gave up coffee completely, cold turkey. Whoa. Yeah, so that I could stop drinking this flavored cream in the morning because that was how I was starting my day every day. And so wow. that was my first step in quitting sugar. Yes. That. Yeah, that's a lot to. I know. Uh, <laughs> people are like sugar and coffee. I mean, yeah. coffee—that's a—that's a tough I know. one for a lot of people who can give up. I know. Else. I know. I'm. I remember the day too because I posted on Facebook, um, "Giving up coffee today. Wish me luck." And I got a lot of comments on that. Like, are you crazy? But yeah, that was March sixteenth, twenty sixteen, and so I began my quitting sugar journey. Uh, the next thing I gave up a couple weeks later, you know, I didn't eat a lot of desserts. Like my, my thing wasn't really desserts. I was more of a savory carb eater, but I swore off desserts. Like I no longer ate cake or cookies or the candy that was in the candy jar sitting around our office, anything like that. So every week I just like added more and more to my quitting sugar journey and like quitting factory processed food, boxed food, you know, things like that. And over 10 months, I continued this quitting sugar. Uh, sugar cravings went away, and that's when my headaches and my migraines went away too during that time period. And also the cystic acne resolved at that time too, just being off sugar completely. The white, you know, sweet white sugar. But I only lost 18 pounds in 10 months. And I was thoroughly confused and devastated and didn't understand why the weight just wasn't dropping off of me because I quit sugar, right? <laughs> right, right? Something more should be happening, right? So I um, continued to research, continued to investigate. I was talking to a friend one day about my disappointment of my low weight loss. And she was like, hey, have you ever heard of intermittent fasting? And I was like, what? No, I've never heard of fasting. I'm familiar with fasting in my um, church practice. You know, we do, I've heard of people talking at church about doing fasting and praying. And I always thought, how could they do that? How could they deprive themselves from food for that long, right? But I went home and I Googled intermittent fasting and hormones. And the first hit that I got was uh, some do uh, Dr. Fung videos on Diet Doctor. And so I sat and binged watched those videos all night on the, January 13th, 2017. And that is the day that I discovered that the sugar that I was still eating, being potatoes and bread and pasta, that was what was destroying my health. And Dr. Fung explained it so easily for me to understand. I felt like a miracle light bulb moment just landed in my lap that day. And it did. It truly did. Wow. That's, um, that's incredible. And um, yeah, Dr. Fung is a, a great resource for anyone. I knew, I also find it fascinating that, um, you know, you still had lots of ailments, it sounds like, but mm -hmm. in 10 months of quitting sugar, you had a couple, even without major weight loss, you had some significant health improvements, cutting yep. out headaches, cutting out acne. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you know that sugar is a culprit. Well, I realize now for me, sugar was the culprit for all of that. And I used to live off of Excedrin. I used to have headaches all the time. And it was probably a sugar rebounder, you know, just my body going up and down with the sugar. And I was happy to finally 
of course, be rid of the migraines and the daily headaches. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's interesting that um, you were able to achieve some non-scale victories there without, um, you know, without getting, you know, full control over your health. You had some, right, right. Um, so, uh, January thirteenth, twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, you you binge watch a bunch of it, kind of interesting. You uh, you know, you binge watch about. Not binge eating, I guess. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, funny, funny. <laughs> so you you found Dr. Fung's videos, and mm-hmm. um, what happened from there? What kind of what were the next steps after you um, read up on intermittent fasting? Well, one of those uh, videos or something that I read, I can't remember. I was going back and forth to, between watching videos and reading his blog post that night. One of the things that just caught my attention and had me in tears was Dr. Fung said that this is not your fault. Like all of those years of me, you know, slumping into a doctor's office because I know that they're going to, you know, chastise me about my weight, about my obesity. They're going to tell me to eat less, move more. And I always hated going to the doctor for that. And then here I have a doctor telling me, this is not your fault. You know, you've been given the wrong information all these years. And specifically for me, I also was in a hospital program before I turned 40, like another decade coming up, trying to get my weight under control. I was in a hospital program for 10 months, and it was strictly a protein shake program. I ate 800 calories a day of protein shake. And I did end up losing quite a bit of weight. I lost like 65 pounds then. And then as soon as they started trying to put me back on maintenance with sweet potatoes and potato and whole wheat bread, my weight started going back up again. But the interesting thing when I look back on that time, I was told I had metabolic syndrome, but they never explained it to me. And I I guess at the time I, I I wasn't aggressive enough to you know try to figure it out and research it on my on my own because I was in this program I was paying lots of money for this program, so I should be finding success in it. And yeah, they never told me about my metabolic syndrome. They never told me, you know, I, I they told me I matched like the four of the five risk factors for it, but they didn't explain like how I got into that situation. They, I don't remember them mentioning to me my insulin hormone or anything like that in any of those meetings with the RDs or the doctors that I had at that time. So, so in hindsight, yeah, that was, um, that was, uh, something that I'm kind of like not happy about. (laughs) (laughs) Like I wish they would have told me that 10 years ago when I was in with doctors who should be helping people with obesity. But so when Dr. Fung's Uh, when his work told me that this is not your fault, I I remember I cried that night and I was like, I cannot believe this. I like it. I had a major light bulb moment and I started the very next morning. I committed to the diet doctor two week challenge and I followed that to a T and I had amazing results. The weight just started melting off of me and then I never looked back. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you took the diet doctor two week challenge. And I have to say, um, in any of the episodes of this podcast that have been recorded, I think diet doctor might be the most referenced um, website as far as um, a website that seems to help people um, help a lot of people who have really transformed their health diet doctor.com is a phenomenal one. Yes. Often recommended. Oh, definitely. That's where I send all my people that come to me and ask me, how did you do this? And I'm like, if you need the more technical information, go to dietdoctor.com because it's all there. And uh, I am just in awe of the vision that um, that Dr. Enfeld had too in in developing that website and putting the word out there and bringing all these amazing doctors together to collaborate and they don't all, you know, have to agree on everything. It's just, you know, different perspectives. It's so helpful for so many people. Yes. Yeah. And 
It's a terrific resource. Um, so after, after you took the, um, the two week challenge, you said the weight started, uh, melting, you know, melting away. Mm-hmm. Um, what other, what other things did you notice besides, um, your body composition changing? Um, what changes did you notice taking place? I was bouncing off the walls with energy. Uh, <laughs> I can remember my husband saying like, what is going on? I was cleaning closets. I was cleaning the junk drawer. I was just doing crazy things. I was staying up later, getting up earlier. And I just had this go, go, go um, mentality all the time then. And and that had come from my history of living in chronic exhaustion. I was a big napper. I would slump during the afternoon. And there were many days that I, you know, would take a one or two hour nap in the afternoon. So that's what my family was used to. And then all of a sudden, mom's not napping anymore. And we're getting stuff done. And we're going about our day. And, and that just, not only does it give you the energy, but just the positive uh, vibe, you know, from throughout your day that, that you're not slumping and you're not feeling exhausted and it's just uh, creates a lot of joy is really joy is my word, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> Great word. yeah, yeah. Yep. So, uh, so I continued on the, um, uh, keto, strict keto. I stuck with strict keto, uh, keeping my gra- my carbs at 20 grams or less a day. And I used, I counted total carbs. I didn't count net carbs uh, because I found that that's what worked best for me. Um, I believed that my body was so metabolically damaged that I needed to, you know, dig in and, and do the strict routine. And I incorporated a lot of intermittent fasting into my lifestyle. I always fasted 18 hours a day. And so I usually would eat two hour, two meals a day, you know, within a six hour window. Um, one of the thing, one of the other things too, about the fasting is that when I had tried following the American Diabetes Association diabetes prevention program, of course, they tell you to eat like five or six meals a day. So I was eating oatmeal every morning with some blueberries in it. And I've never been hungry in the morning. I just naturally have never been hungry in the morning, but here I am eating my oatmeal because that's what I'm told to do. And that oatmeal, I forget the exact carb count, but I I did it on my carb manager one time to see what the carb count was. And that bowl of oatmeal with the blueberries is more carbs than I eat in like three days now. So it's like crazy. So I was starting my day out with a big sugar rush and uh, yeah, so the intermittent fasting was so such a relief to me when I read about that and learned about that. It's like, you mean I don't have to eat breakfast? Breakfast is not the most important meal of my day. So I was very happy to jump on the intermittent fasting bandwagon too. And, um, you know, a lot of our listeners are probably familiar with it, but a lot may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, intermittent fasting, what you're talking about there is, uh, you're basically giving your body a chance to almost rest and digest. Um, you know, so you were only eating within a six hour window of the day. So if you ate lunch at, let's say at noon, you mm-hmm. would, um, you know, eat your lunch at noon and finish your dinner by 6 PM and then not snack or anything. You wouldn't eat again until noon the next day. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And that gives, that's another, it's a great way to help regulate your insulin hormone too and your blood sugar. Yes. Yep. That makes sense. And um, I'm curious, you know, keeping, keeping your total grams of carbohydrates per day uh, to 20 or below, um, it sounds like that was your approach. Um, again, for, for our listeners who may not be uh, super familiar with uh, low carbohydrate or ketogenic diets. What are some of the foods that are some of your staple foods? Some of the foods that you really focus your diet on. I love. I never was a really big meat eater before because I was filling up on carbohydrates like potatoes and stuff like that. But now I love meat. I eat uh, red meat, steak, 
ground beef. I like pork. Uh, I love to do a pork butt. Uh, like I cook it slow, low and slow. Um, I also eat a lot of bacon, uh, a little bit of chicken. Chicken's not very high in fat. So it's, it's not, you know, I try to get a meat that has more of a healthy fat. I'm really into salmon right now. And I'm going to try venturing out in some different types of fish too. Um, greens, I, I like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, greens, asparagus, things like that. I don't eat a whole lot of tomatoes because those are higher. That's a fruit, but uh, higher in sugar. Um, I am one that is very fortunate that I can tolerate dairy. So I did incorporate a lot of dairy into my uh, keto lifestyle too. I eat cheese. Um, I eat, uh, I used heavy whipping cream in my coffee once I started drinking coffee again. Uh, yeah, I went back to coffee when Dr. Fung said, you can have coffee with a little heavy whipping cream in it. I was like, okay. So, um, yeah, what else do I eat? Um, cheese, uh, olives. I, I am a person that is perfectly fine with eating the same thing every day too. If I have to, like when I was working in my office, I would pack my lunch and I almost every day I would have bacon and olives and cheese. And that was my lunch. And it was just so easy to have everything there, grab and go and have not have to worry about that. So, and then I like, there's a bunch of different keto recipes that I like. Of course, I have a whole Pinterest board of things I keep and there's a lot of very creative people out there that you know you can get their recipes any type of any type of food that's a favorite food in a normal american diet if you just google keto blank blank whatever you're looking for like keto meatloaf you'll find a lot of recipes or keto lasagna you'll find a lot of recipes so there is there's there's tons of variety out there yeah yes well i have to ask how um how much would it blow your mind from, I don't know, five, 10 years ago, you know, Weight Watchers background to know mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you could lose, you know, that much weight and just overhaul your life to that degree, packing bacon, olives, and cheese for lunch every day. <laughs> right. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, because they would have me, you know, going in the freezer aisle buying Weight Watchers snacks that are full of carbohydrates, right? And that's, yeah. And even the Weight Watchers meals. I know it's, it is crazy. And just to know, like, my mind is blown just thinking about all I had to do was stop eating the bread, pasta, and potato for the weight to start coming off. Because remember, I was already sugar free. 10 months at that point. And I'd only lost 18 pounds. But as soon as I stopped the bread and the potato and the, and the pasta, it, it was crazy. That was, that was what was destroying my health. And yeah, that is, um, it's hard to believe. And it, I mean, yeah, we even see it all the time. And I don't know about you, but like, I know it's true, but like sometimes it's still hard to believe, you know, even, even mm-hmm. seeing it happen over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, yep. It's just, it can be hard to believe the impact that food can have. And another thing that's so counterintuitive, you know, you used to eat, um, you know, you kind of followed the recommendations, um, you know, you'd eat five or six meals a day. It sounds like mm-hmm. you know, you'd eat often and, um, you know, I think a lot of people hear that and they think, well, yeah, you've got to do that to keep your energy up. Yeah. You know, your experience goes, <laughs> so, you know, the exact opposite of that. You stopped eating for most of the day. Mm-hmm. You're bouncing off the walls. Right. Exactly. My energy is so much better just eating two meals a day, you know, whole healthy meals that keep me energized and satiated throughout the whole day. Yeah, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So um, after, after you did this for a while, um, you know, and, and the weight started to um, fall off, what happened with your obstructive sleep apnea? Yeah, that's a great story. Um, 
because, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but one of the side effects that I've read about of keto is kind of having a dry mouth. So I had that for a while, a short period of time, especially during the night and wearing a CPAP machine and having a dry mouth from keto, that was like disaster. So my mouth was so dry, even unconsciously in my sleep, I was ripping my mask off my face. And my husband noticed it and he said, you're not snoring anymore. And I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, that's crazy. He's like, you absolutely are not snoring anymore. So I called my sleep doctor and I rescheduled a sleep study. And sure enough, I had completely reversed my sleep apnea. And my doctor was doing the happy dance with me. He was so excited. He's like, it's very rare that people come off a CPAP machine. And he was just so excited to be able to, you know, release me from that CPAP machine. And that was very exciting. And I had, think I had lost about, that was, I probably lost about a little over 50 pounds on keto at that point. So, you know, maybe close to 70 pounds altogether. So, okay, yeah. Okay. So that was well, very exciting. Oh, that, that's exciting. Um, yes. But let me say one thing about the CPAP machine. That did change my life. It it started me on this journey. Uh, Getting better sleep helped me uh, feel better during the day. It kind of lifted my brain fog a little bit. It held me, you know, it helped helped me to think more clearly, and it really gave me that push that I needed to start this entire journey. Well, that's terrific. It kind of it gave Mm -hmm. you the the nudge you needed to Mm -hmm. um, to get to the point that you're at now. Yes. Um, you know, you mentioned that your sleep doctor um, said that it's very rare that people come off of a CPAP machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, what, how have um, your doctors or any medical care staff, how have they responded to your health transformation? Oh, they're all very supportive. Thank goodness. I have a bunch of doctors that are very supportive. Of course, the sleep doctor. I have a cardiologist as well who I have. I don't have any heart issues, but my family history, uh, he wanted to follow the kids. My dad has heart disease, and so I'm with his doctor. He wanted to follow us closely. And I was worried that he was going to be you know, totally against my my ketogenic lifestyle, but he's actually very supportive. And I was happy about that. And then of course, my other, my family doctor, they're just all thrilled. I'm, I'm very lucky that I've never had to walk into a doctor's office and not a single doctor has said to me, that's a dangerous lifestyle. What are you doing? You need to stop that. So I've been blessed that way for sure. Oh, that that's terrific. That is, yes. um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, what about your your family and friends? How have they um, how have they reacted to your um, your health transformation? I think that some of them might still be a little bit in shock that it's still that I've been able to maintain this weight loss for so long, and that I probably always will continue this you know in maintenance with this lifestyle. Um, I, they're very excited for me and and happy for me, especially the ones that I've known a long time. They've they they watched me struggle for years and they saw me when i struggled with you know fear and isolation and not wanting to walk into a room by myself um that was just all the emotional baggage that you know comes along with you know having a low self esteem and you know not wanting to put yourself out there so they're kind of probably just as in shock as I am that now I'm I'm actually putting myself out there and I'm doing my best to help people problem solve their own lifestyle. You know, and I've got my blog and and I'm trying to launch into a speaking ministry. And yeah, I've got I have a lot of support. It, it's been it's been really amazing. Well, that's terrific. And yeah, mm-hmm. can you uh, share the name of your your blog and? Um, in speaking ministry. Okay. My blog is uh, called Joyful Keto Life. And I've been, I launched that in the spring of 2018. So that was shortly after I met my weight loss goals. And my family had kept saying, 
you have to build a blog or, you know, you have to do this. And, you, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I work full time. I don't have time to do that. But then people kept approaching me and I was sitting down with coffee, over coffee with one-on-one -on -one with people. And it just got like, I couldn't keep up with it. And so I started a little tiny private Facebook group. And then that just grew into the blog. And so that was awesome. And then I also just have a website um, under my name, christinetrimp.com. And that's where I'm trying to launch into a, a speaking ministry and, and do stuff there. So it's just been a crazy, crazy adventure. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what was the, um, the timeline like from, um, well, I guess I should ask, are you at, um, you mentioned that you met your weight loss goals. Are you at maintenance now? Yes. I, I met my weight loss goals in January 6th, 2018. So almost a year after I started keto and I am maintaining right now and I am desperately in a battle right now, Joe, because I've reached that stage of life that women dread and... <laughs> I've got, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I don't gain back any weight and um, just, you know, trying to get through this the best I can. So, um, yeah, it's a, I'm so grateful, so thankful that I lost my weight before I got to this stage of life because I know now that it, I can understand now and be more empathetic to women in this stage of life that say it's so hard because, yeah, it is hard. It's even, maintaining a significant weight loss is hard at this stage of life. Your body composition starts changing for no unexpected, for unexpected reasons. Like I'm eating the same way. I was moving the same way, but my body composition kept changing on the scale. The body fat percentage went off and up and it's shifting around. So it's a battle, but I am a problem solver and I refuse to give up. So I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, yes. I'm curious on on your path to get here. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot. You've reversed your uh, fatty liver disease. Mm -hmm. You have gotten rid of uh, sleep apnea. You've gotten rid of migraines. Gotten rid of acne. Um, mm -hmm. You know, on on this journey, what have some of the challenges been? Oh boy. Um, well, I hate to make it sound like it was easy, but this was the easiest thing I've ever done in my life as far as my health is concerned. Like it just, it seemed like a natural fit for me. And like Weight Watchers might work for some people, doesn't work for me because I was insulin resistant. I had metabolic syndrome. Um, nobody, like I mentioned before, nobody explained to me what insulin resistance was or anything. Um, Weight Watchers certainly doesn't talk about that. Um, so finally finding uh, the, the lifestyle that worked for me was like the biggest blessing. And um, I guess one of the biggest challenges uh, about three months into, it's not even really that big because it resolved itself too, but about three months into my keto journey, I started having some hair loss, which was kind of a weird thing. Um, but researching that and learning about that too, I, I realized it was a normal thing. Uh, just like when women have a baby, they lose a lot of hair at the time. It's all hormonal changes. And eventually my hair started growing back in. And yeah, I, I hate to say that I can't. There's like yeah. not very many challenges. No. I guess one of the worst things was, you know, having to spend a lot of money on a new wardrobe, but I learned how to shop at thrift shops. So that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not a bad problem to have. Not a bad problem. And I needed all new shoes too, which my husband didn't believe me, but yes, I did need all new shoes too. My, my shoe size got smaller too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I did not mm -hmm. expect that. Mm -hmm. I, Neither did he. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, you had experience with Weight Watchers and, you know, you also, you had that, um, you said it was an in-hospital or it was a hospital program? Yes, hospital program. Um, mm -hmm. And those were 800 calorie a day shakes. 
Yeah, it was five shakes a day, five chocolate. I picked chocolate flavored shakes a day. And so they, it totaled 800 calories a day, which was crazy. And yeah, yeah, you said you lost weight at the time when you were doing Mm -hmm. it, you you know, Mm -hmm. calorie Mm -hmm. restriction, essentially. Yeah. But then Mm -hmm. once you tried to go back just to normal maintenance mode, yes, it, it all came back on. It wasn't sustainable. Right. Right. And I um, also noticed like I got down to 145 pounds when I did that program. And then when I was on my keto journey and I got to 145 pounds, my body structure was completely different. Like I was still mushy and, you know, all of that when I, from that hospital program, but I, I felt like because of the fasting and the keto made me look more fit and trim, even at, you know, it, does that make sense? It's just, it was a very different way to lose weight and a very different result. Yeah. It seems, seems like maybe, yeah, maybe you had a little bit of uh, kind of toffee, the thin, thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 From the hospital but, program for sure. Yeah. That's why weight can be a, a tricky thing. You know, body composition, you could have the same weight and have two very different uh, body compositions. Right. And it sounds exactly. like um, your body exactly. composition has a lot more lean tissue or muscle now, you know, as yeah. opposed to maybe a little higher body fat right. at the time. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yes. Very interesting. Well, yeah. um, you know, with all the different conditions that you have, different people look at this differently. Um, you know, from fatty liver to sleep apnea, headaches, do you consider yourself cured of those conditions? I say that my obstructive sleep apnea has been reversed. So yes, that I would say that they all been cured because honestly, Joe, I don't ever plan on going back there. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) fatty liver. um, Yep. Uh, That was my fatty liver. I didn't get a chance to mention that when I got to my weight loss goal, my doctor ordered a repeat ultrasound so that we could check to make sure that my fatty liver was reversed and my, my liver was very healthy on the repeat ultrasound. So that was great news. I don't know how long it took to reverse that because we waited a whole year to test it again, but um, migraines and migraines, I think my migraines resolved because I cut the sugar out of my life and I don't plan on reintroducing that. So, um, and I also, did we talk about inflammation and joint pain? I had a ton of inflammation and joint pain um, and that's all been cured. I believe Um, I used to, think that eventually I was going to have to have knee replacement surgery and my knees don't hurt at all anymore. And of course, when I was overweight, I looked, I just looked inflamed and puffy all the time. That's gone. So, wow. yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's really terrific. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it is phenomenal. Yeah. You avoided a major reconstructive surgery with it. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I visited an orthopedic surgeon about 10 years ago and he's like, you have knee replacement surgery in your future if you don't lose weight. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So yeah. And then um, obesity. Yeah. That's definitely cured for sure. (laughs) I don't ever want to go back there again. So (laughs) yes. Um, Well, I'm curious, you know, this might go along with the joint pain, but you mentioned one of the things that kind of got you started was your first mountain story. I'm curious if now would be a good time to hear the second mountain story. Yes, absolutely. It ties in perfectly to to joint pain because my second mountain story, after I met my weight loss goals, I had always had a dream of going to Ireland and touring around there by vehicle. And I was able to do it. I went there with my daughter on a, we took a three week road trip and I out hiked and out walked my daughter almost every day. My young athletic daughter, she could keep up with me. But the mountain story is there are mountains in Ireland and we ended up in um, the Wicklow mountains at Glendalough National Park. 
and I was checking out the trails that were available to hike. And I picked the white trail, which is, it was one of the more extraneous trails, but I thought, you know, we've got all day. If it takes us all day to do it, we'll do it. But so we headed out from our car and it was um, a little bit of a strenuous hike up the mountain uh, because we had to go over some tall rocks and I'm pretty short. I'm only five feet one. So I actually had to like the, the stepping between these paths, I had to actually like pull myself up. But we hiked, yeah, 11 miles round trip that day. And I have a picture of myself at the summit. And I cannot believe that I did that hike. I it just thinking back to being with my husband um, at Rocky Mountain National Park where I couldn't even venture, you know, very far up the path. Um, I spent all, almost all day hiking in that beautiful mountain with my daughter and got to the summit and then also had to do the very hard walk back down the mountain because it was pretty steep. And yeah, I even blogged about this the, with the joint pain is that one of the things I noticed um, spending the day doing that physical activity, I had absolutely no joint pain afterwards. And that was a huge non-scale victory. So, wow. yeah. That, that is quite a change. In, um, yeah, uh, quite a change. Yeah. <laughs> or or how, how, uh, how many years were in between these two uh, mountain stories? Uh, let's see. The, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park in September of 2015, and my daughter and I were in Ireland in May of 2018. So, like two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was it was awesome. That standing at the summit of that mountain in Ireland is a moment of my life that I will never forget. Yes. Wow. That's um, that's amazing, and this might be along the same lines, but uh, a question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, I'm going to pose it to you. Now that you've improved your health, what's one thing you enjoy doing that you couldn't do before? Yeah, absolutely physical activity with my friends and family because I used to sit on the sidelines of everything. My kids were very athletic. Uh, My my son was a really an excellent soccer player. My daughter was an excellent softball player and a competitive figure skater. And not once did I ever get on the ice with her or get out on the soccer field when the parents got out to play the kids or get on the softball field to play. And now I do all that stuff. I, I participate and it's exciting and it's fun. And I'm the one that is always, you know, cheering everybody on. Come on, let's go. Let's go do this. And, <laughs> and yeah, like when I go with my friends places, I'm like, come on, let's go hike that trail. That looks awesome. And I would, before, if anybody suggested hiking, I would be like, oh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the physical activity is, is the best. It's awesome. Uh, and also incur- and, and also being able to encourage people and inspire people to make their own lifestyle changes. Oh yeah, that that's going to be great. And that's um you know, it's one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on here. It's always um always good to have someone on who not only can improve their own life, but they're passionate about helping others and you have that opportunity. Uh, to do that now. I mean, I see you on uh, like magazine covers. Is that what I, is that uh, (laughs) where I saw you? I haven't made the cover yet, but that's my goal. (laughs) Okay. Okay. No, I've been featured in um, first for women magazine, several times women's world magazine. Uh, They did a special edition uh, called keto over 50. And uh, that was really special. It was a nice, um, annual edition. And I was very honored to be chosen to be in that because I think they picked like 20 women um, that have done keto and they feature a lot of keto stories in their magazines that come out every three weeks. So for them to pick me, that was, oh, that was very honored, very humbling to be pictured or featured there. But yeah, the, the most recent magazine that I was in is still on newsstands through September 28th. Um, And 
the they interviewed Dr. Barry, Dr. Ken Barry, as part of the two-page spread too. And then I just noticed that he's on the cover of Women's World right now. And so I told him on Twitter that that's my goal someday to be on the cover of the magazine. Oh, that would just, be just in just, I'm not, it's not really a goal. <laughs> I just like to joke around about it because honestly, being in magazines, it's so crazy. I, I mean, I can't even believe that that happened. So yeah that's um that's really Mm -hmm. terrific and um i know you you mentioned your your blog earlier but uh for any listeners who are curious about Mm -hmm. um how they can get in touch with you um yeah where can they do that okay uh, you're gonna leave show notes below correct and i have a link down there i have a resource that i share with people to get people thinking about writing out their own goals because i think that as a problem solver myself it's very helpful to have those goals written out and written down in front of you and so that you, you know, have something to focus on. So I have a resource page that I, that you're going to link below that they can grab that. And uh, just to inspire them on the cover of that, that resource, I list out the things that I've healed. You've cured what I've, I've listed a lot of those out there. And so they can grab that. And then also they can find me at joyfulketolife.com and christinetrimp.com. Okay. That's great. And, um, you know, for the listener, the show notes will be available at youcuredwhat.com slash podcast slash Christine. Uh, we'll have, have the links there and um, definitely be sure to um, check out her website and um, and follow her on social media. Yes. Um, you know, is there any other message that you want to put out there to anyone who um, who is hearing your story, who might be in in a similar situation to you? Um, you have any um, any message for them? I would just like to say there's an alternative way out there. You know, after 30 years of of struggling and hopelessness, uh, I finally, you know, I finally was filled with hope when I discovered that there was a solution to my problem. And if keto is something that you think would work for you, there's so many resources out there. You know, I've mentioned quite a few in this episode. And you can find more of my favorite resources on my blog. But just keep, don't ever give up on yourself. Don't ever give up on your health. Your health, And um, there's always hope. That's a great, um, great note to leave the listener with. And, um, you know, I know you're going to continue doing everything you can to uh, spread joy and, um, you know, spread joy through your own joyful keto life. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So, Christine, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. It has been so much fun. Thank you for listening to You Cured What? Join us again soon for another story of healing.